welcome to another episode of the Autism Podcast. Uh, today we are talking with Abby Brooke, who is a Kenyan self-advocate and leader of the initiative Walking Autism. Abby, it's so great to have you on. Hi, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Ah, you're very, very, very welcome. Very honoured. Oh, the yeah. honour's all ours. I'm looking forward to <laughs> getting our teeth into some interesting conversations. Um, and yeah. and we also have James on the line. How are you doing, James? Uh, very well, thanks. Hey, Looking James. forward to it. Hi. So, yeah, Abby, thanks so much for uh, joining the podcast. Um, you've got a really, really interesting uh, background, I understand, and, you know, you're doing some really interesting work. Uh, perhaps if you don't mind just starting off by um, introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about your autism journey, and we can go from there. Yeah, of course, no worries. So, um, yeah, my name's Abby. I was born, I'm born in Kenya and I still live here. And I was diagnosed with autism at the age of 13. But um, due to um, the time and there being not much awareness in Kenya at that time, I, my mum actually brought me to England to be diagnosed. So I was given the official diagnosis in England. Um, when I was 13, but of course, um, due to the lack of understanding, awareness um, at that time, I coming back home to Kenya, I I didn't really understand what it meant. So I was, I guess you could say, in denial. Um, I literally didn't think about it or until I was 27, um, and that was when I really started to understand what it was, what where where I fit into the whole the whole thing and and that's where I started um, this project of mine walking autism which is a awareness um, and acceptance project which I've um, started doing in Kenya um, I do it by long distance walking with camels amazing <laughs> sounds a bit nuts but um, it's something I've you know, I put my whole life into doing this. I put, I've, I've had it going for a few years now, on and off, because you know there's a lot of issues with you know, whether it be sponsorship or actually getting everything together. And now with COVID, this pandemic, I've had to delay it a bit more. So, but it's I keep plodding along with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're you're living in Nairobi now, is it specifically? Yes. Okay, so you came to England uh, when you were younger, uh, got the formal diagnosis, and then went yeah. and then went back uh, at some point to Kenya. Yeah, yeah. and I was just literally in England for the diagnosis, and then you know it was quite obvious as a child there was something different about me. Um, but but doctors here didn't really understand what it was, and I got a few labels tossed around my way, but none of them kind of made sense. So it was a magazine article, if I am remembering rightly, that a friend of my mom's um, saw, and that's why she then decided me decided to bring me over to England. Wow. So it just, just by, by chance that the magazine article was there and got picked up and two and two got connected. Exactly. Wow. 
That's incredible. Exactly. It's amazing how these things happen. Yeah, me. yeah. But it, it speaks to the, the I suppose, the poor lack of understanding, right, and um, uh, the, some of the wider issues, perhaps, in, in terms of service provision and, and diagnostic mm, provision um, oh, definitely. in Kenya. Yeah. I mean, definitely things are um, a lot better now within Kenya, but we still have a long way to go. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Definitely from from my time as a child um, in the 80s, things have changed drastically, but there's still more to go. So, yeah. Okay, so what what was it about the the time when you turned 27 that you began to really understand uh, what the diagnosis meant and you, and you, you know, started, you know, sounds like a new chapter at that point. Oh, definitely, definitely was. Um, so I had... Just, um, so I had previously, the year before, been travelling around Australia. I did a, a working holiday visa around Australia, you know, working my way around. And I love travel, so I wanted to do that, go off. I needed that for myself. So when I came back, it was, and just going through all my stuff again, I found my mum's books on Asperger's and autism and... You know, all these books were written by, you know, people like Tony Atwood and Tom Grandin's book. So I, I started reading them again. And that kind of propelled me to look into it more and to connect via Facebook with some groups. And some I joined this one, this one group, um, which is uh, for women with autism. And uh, that was my whole life just changed. You know, I they bless them. Uh, they answered every question I had, and I had tons of them because at, to that point I had no idea. I was just I always just assumed I was weird or freaky or you know different. But but having a name for it made it valid, and having having other people who understood. Yeah, it just changed everything. Wow. Yeah, I imagine. I imagine that you felt that you found some belonging, a sense of community, and gave you confidence to perhaps. Oh, definitely. Yeah, move forward definitely. with it. It really helped me, as you say, my self-esteem, my self-confidence. Just having a name for it and to know you're not alone. I mean, it does wonders. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. I. I feel for you in many regards with that story, in that you know you knew. It sounds like you knew when you were. 13, 14, that, you know, you had a diagnosis of something, right? But but perhaps mm. you didn't understand fully what that meant and that might have been quite confusing for you. And then perhaps, I'm guessing here, <laughs> you correct me if I'm wrong, but no, perhaps... definitely, definitely. You're on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I always knew I was different from a kid, you know, from kindergarten. Um, I always knew I was different. I just didn't know why. And of course... We are growing up that way, um, and then being in a world where you, you had no one to discuss it with, you know, there is no one to talk, talk about it with. So I kind of learned, I learned to hear, I did, I learned that very well. Yeah, just, just, I didn't have anyone to talk, to talk about it with, to explain it with. And even if I did try to explain it, you know, it came out wrong, or I didn't, yeah, I just didn't know how. Where to start? Yeah. I mean, as I said, I really, you know, my heart goes out to you with regards to that because, you know, much of that 
I suppose, is is entirely preventable, right? In that if autism wasn't stigmatised, if it was understood better, if it was more openly discussed, you know, when you got your diagnosis, perhaps, you know, the professionals and, and just social life generally, you know, could have oh, enabled you to, yeah, embrace it and, and you know, yeah. rather than... No, for sure. Yeah. If, if, if awareness had been there and if understanding and if, like what we have today, um, if that had been around when I was, you know, when I was a kid, it would have literally changed everything. Yeah. But I guess this is just how it's how it was, and we just have to do all we can to improve that for the next generation. Absolutely, yeah, and and for the next child who gets diagnosed exactly. and you know is and this yeah. is mm. this is why I started my project. If I can do something to prevent a child of tomorrow from going through what I did, you know, that's that's something, and. Absolutely. And to give more of more than I had to break down those barriers. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. To 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 you know really sort of feel proud almost of that particular identity and leverage it for good, right? And and uh, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And not be ashamed of it. Not be uh, because you know the stigma in much of Kenya, in Kenya, and much of Africa. Um, there is a still a big stigma and discrimination towards um, persons with disabilities. And so I grew up in this world, and so I learned to hide it. I learned to hide, you know, the fact that I was um, disabled. And because I knew the name, after my diagnosis, diagnosis I knew the name, autism, Asperger's, however you want to call it, but I didn't quite know what it meant. And, of course, reading all those um, books written by doctors and professionals, it's it's in that, it's in the doctor terminology, the professional terminology. So I couldn't understand it, and it just made me more, almost ashamed. I don't know if I can say that, but... Um, no, I mean, it's it's an entirely reasonable response, given your set of circumstances. It's, for me, though, it just sounds like... You know, it's the circumstances that really went against you, you know, in terms of what, you know, the social circumstances, the cultural stigma, the poor understanding. You know, I think anyone yeah. in your situation would have also felt very confused, frightened, anxious, you know, perhaps sort of actively wanted to conceal it and, and you know, impacted, you know, presumably impacted upon your mental health, that, that confusion and anxiety. So, yeah. you know, for sure, I w- you know, I wouldn't feel any kind of self-blame. I think anyone would have responded similarly it's reasonable my 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 um yeah for sure but my 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 sort of feelings is the is is on the sort of social circumstances the cultural circumstances that you know we need to improve Mm. so that it isn't necessary to have that kind of response And, and you know obviously different people vary but as much as we can we can set things up so that you know things are as positive as possible that's that's i suppose this is this is what you're trying to do, isn't it? With your amazing autism walking initiative. You know, I've been reading about it and I've not seen anything else similar to this. It's such a clever idea, you know. It's, it's so visible uh, and uh, innovative. It's, it's, you know, I get, you know, I get like, you're doing what? <laughs> when I 
try and explain it to people. So it's a very, you know, it's, it's, ever since I was a kid, I've loved reading books about adventures and people who do these long journeys. And yeah, when I was 14, I read um, uh, Fiona Campbell's uh, I Walked through Africa, I walked through Australia, and there was this woman who'd done these long walks. And then, and then I read Robin Davidson's tracks, uh, which is um, her, a woman who walked across the Australian desert with camels. And that those just stuck with me. Those books. Um, I've, and I always wanted to do something like that. It's, it is quite thought provoking, isn't it? It does grab attention. You know, walk, walk, doing long walks uh, with camels. Uh, you know, people are going to ask questions, aren't they? And that's what you need, right? You need, I suppose you need that channel to enable questioning and and the interaction. To me, it's very peaceful walking with camels, just being out there walking. I describe it as my meditation. It's when my brain can kind of slow down. It's not too overwhelmed or stuff. And yeah, the walking for autism, that kind of popped up when, again, when I came back from Australia, reading about autism. And then, you know, I had this thought, like a, you know, light bulb moment. Well, why don't I just try this? <laughs> um, and that just stuck with me. It just stuck with me. And I kept on thinking about it. How can I achieve this? How could I do this? And also at the same time as all this was going on, I had connected with the the Kenyan autism group here, which is mainly um, parents and professionals. And so I got to know people within the autism community here. And I did a, I did a few um, voluntary uh, days with them, whether that was, you know, events or car wash fundraisers. And so I, I got to, as much as research I was doing on autism in Kenya and Africa, I got to connect with people actually working in the field. And I um, gave my idea to this one woman, wonderful friend I met, who's still a very good friend of mine. And, and she just, she um, went along with it with me. She said, yes, you should do this. And so I've done two walks far, and I'm currently working on my next one. Amazing, amazing. So I suppose it sounds like there's there's various elements of magic at play with this to me, you know, in that the walking itself is very therapeutic. The, the connection that you have with the camels is also working for you therapeutically. You know, it's, it's, oh, yeah. it's helping your... Camels are amazing. They get such a bad rep, but... But they are incredible creatures. Yeah, yeah. It really sounds... I mean, I'd really like to give it a go personally as well. I suppose <laughs> well, I'm a million welcome. miles away welcome. from it. Yeah. <laughs> but it sounds like it's it was just... It's just been great for your mental health. It has... And, and crucially, it has... It sounds to me like it's opened doors. It's grabbed attention. And it started, crucially, conversations. And that's what you need, isn't it, if you're going to uh, then... Absolutely, absolutely. Change. I mean, it's... Um, I've been through a lot of depression in my life, depression, anxiety, um, you know, wondering what... <laughs> what's, what the hell am I doing? What All these endless questions. And until I started this, it was... I was never quite sure... What, what I wanted to do with life or what, 
And then I've tried a few things, but this just stuck, has stuck with me. And it's been a long journey. I mean, it's been, I've, I've sometimes I've wanted to give up because it's so hard sometimes to try and get things going or moving. But, you know, it's just one of those things. It just sticks with you. <laughs> yep. Amazing. It's extremely inspiring, uh, Abby. You know, it's it's just absolutely phenomenal. And I love that you had the idea and you just, you know, I was going to say you ran with it, but I suppose you walked with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Amazing. So, um, James, did you have any questions for the project? I, w- I wouldn't mind. Um, hi, Abby. Hey, James. Uh, hi. Um, I just wanted to go back on the topic you touched. You touched upon identity, which is so important for us autistic people. And uh, I've been to a doctor here in London, and I was talking uh, about my. I didn't, you know, I don't think he knew that I was autistic, but I was talking about my son's diagnosis, uh, and he was saying he, he unconsciously used the phrase, um, "Oh, so your son suffers with autism." Oh, yes. And I just, I just—it's a word that ah, I can't do. Yeah, I just found that incredibly offensive because it's yeah. my identity, you know. Um, so I, you know, I, I can also imagine your frustration with, uh, and also not quite getting what autism is about through reading professional, you know, medical terms or, you know, yeah. medical books. And I'm so glad you're able to find groups. Yeah, I'm, I'm just so glad that you, you found some uh, other women and, and people that you could connect with. And, and uh, hopefully you're able to, you know, you said you were able to find find out a lot more through speaking to other autistic people, which is Definitely. so important. It is, and I think that's, um, you know, with this whole new generation of, you know, actual autistics opening up, sharing their story, it's so important because you can connect with someone. Yeah, going back to all those books I read, um, nothing um, wrong with the doctors and, you know, they're very professional in their own way. But in terms of as, as an autistic reading these books... Of course, this was this was quite a, a while ago now, but mm. ju- just the words, the words they use, like you say, suffer. Mm. I hate the word suffer. You know, mm. I always I always use the word struggle instead of because I did struggle. Um, I didn't suffer. <laughs> mm. I struggled with it, and also these books brought up the you will have problems with this or can't do this or you know a lot of negative speech. Exactly. And that, that immediately just, you know, you don't feel good reading that, so... Exactly, exactly. Um, I'm just so glad that you're able to connect with other people because I, I know through my experience, the minute I was able to connect with other autistic people, my whole self-esteem, it just went up, you know? Exactly. And you, and you don't get that through any other way, you know? Yeah, no, that's, I mean, connection and connection with people who get you is so life-changing. Chris, do you want to go now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries, no worries, yeah. So, obviously, from hearing that, it's clear that, you know, there are issues with autism stigma and poor understanding everywhere, right, around the world. I mean, we've, we've got significant yeah. issues 
here in the UK too. Um, so it's certainly not specific to any one country. But I do appreciate that in Kenya, perhaps there are some particularly great challenges when it comes to understanding autism in the in the right way and, and acceptance and and. Yeah, like I said, things are changing, but um, but we still have a long way to go. You know, there's so much stigma still. Um, uh, here in Kenya, I don't know many. In fact, I know I know only two other self advocates. You know, so many of the um, I'm I'm sure we have a huge um, community of autistics here, but people don't know about it or understand. Because many people see autism still as a, you know, childhood thing. You know, you'll get to 18 and grow out of it. Um, So there's not much awareness on adults with autism. And if there is, people don't talk about it much. It's still very stigmatized. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I want to make it sound like things are moving, and they are. But at the same time, still so much to, still such a long way to go. I've heard, I've heard that a lot of, uh, well, some some elements of uh, the Kenyan community uh, uh, view autism as a sort of a possession or a sort of a curse brought about from a yeah. previous life. And oh, definitely. Sadly, that is a case with many. Especially um, in the more rural, impoverished areas of the country and the continent, which is where I primarily want to take the project to. The big cities, Nairobi, Mombasa, you know, these all have some level of understanding. It's not much, but there is some, and there are some support. More so the rural, impoverished areas. This, this is where it's really lacking and the the whole autism or any disabilities is seen as a curse or a um, disappointment in the family or a lot but a lot of that does also come from cultural practices cultural ways of thinking uh, you know your your grand your mother did this or your grandmother must have done something back in the day that's why your child is like 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 this. Mm, so that's just so sad and heartbreaking, isn't it? It is. It is. It's 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 terrible. And what happens to these kids? Some of them. I mean, I've read horrific stories, and I've seen I've seen hard things, hard things. Um, but that just fuels me more to get the project going, to really do what I can, and to try and make things better for these kids. Uh, that's that's great, yeah, and I I would have I'd I'd agree that it's likely to be in in the more impoverished areas, isn't it, where you get some of these issues in in particular, and the more rural yeah. regions where you're more likely to have less uh, service provision, and 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 what service provision you get is going to be lower, maybe a little bit lower quality. I'm guessing maybe, but you get. Yeah. I mean, I suppose oft much of the problems that we get, I think James was alluding to earlier actually come down to um, stigma uh, um, associated with autism, but coming from the professionals themselves. You know, it's particularly bad and powerful um, when a professional, you know, somebody that's viewed as knowledgeable and a a trustworthy source of information is, is, you know, saying, saying stigmatizing 
things. Yeah, um, yeah, and definitely, and yeah, I mean, things are changing. I mean, we've we have some amazing uh, advocates out there now who are in the field, and yeah, you know, they're wonderful. They're talking about autism and positive, and and that's what we need. You know, language does so much. Yeah, we need to start looking at the positives and speaking of autism and other disabilities as a positive. Yeah, I fully agree. I have a view that a sensible and potentially effective way of addressing some of these issues when it comes to these these really backwards ideas about, you know, it being a, a curse or, or yeah. a possession brought on by a previous life etc etc i i think some i think a good way of of pushing back on that uh, may be to work with the community leaders you know the religious leaders the people with the powerful exactly. voice yeah exactly and this is and this is why uh, going back to the project why i'm doing it in such a you know walking as opposed to you know um as opposed to in a car or whatever but by walking, it creates, you create a community, you meet people on their level, you know, I'm not, I'm not just coming in, telling you what to do, and then I leave, you know, I'm, I'm there, I'm talking with you, you know, I'm camping, and many of these places, um, we just pitch up somewhere, someone offers us, come and um, camp in my garden, we call them shambles here, like a piece of land, you know, camp and we sit around the fire, we talk, you know, that creates a closer community. And that's what I want. Because the issue with autism is such a personal one. This has to be done in a personal manner, you know, because as well as, you know, me helping others, and I'm not saving anyone, (laughs) you know, I've got that so much. Oh, you're just another white person saving Africa. No, I'm not. I'm the empowerment that I got, I want to pass that on. So it's empowerment, not saving. Sorry, I digressed there. Um, no, it's an important point. Back, what was that? <laughs> no, um, no, the point you were making, I think, is very, very relevant, is that, you know, you're creating, through your initiative, a sense of closeness, you know, personal connection that enables you to empower others, you know, so they can make yeah, the changes. exactly. And, uh, yeah, the whole... Um, walking thing as well as i said i enjoy walking walking is a passion of mine um so so also this project is also myself accepting myself because you know i'm not there yet and i know that about myself but so you could look at it in that in another way as in walking as an acceptance for yourself as well as doing what you can for others yeah. So as much as this journey is about helping and doing what I can for others, it's also doing it for myself too. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really meaningful. I mean, the two are like the two sort of goals are going to be highly connected, right? I mean, if you're in a good place, if, if your mental health is good, and you know you've got clarity on on you know everything, uh, then you're better able to. You facilitate what you want to do, right, and create an impact. Exactly, and and use my my own story and myself as a maybe example. Maybe it's a you know this is what I'm doing, and 
autism is not a life sentence. It's not something bad, you know. You can take it and turn it into something. And, yeah, it's taken me a long, long time to get to that stage. But this is why I wanted to do something crazy and something big and do what I can in my own way. Yeah, it's really fantastic. And it certainly sounds like, you know, much impact is needed if, you know, children are being, you know, um, hidden or worse as a result yeah. of um, shame and uh, yeah. you know, stigma and uh, so forth. It's really hard. It's really hard to read about it and, and then to see it because I've seen some of these kids and it breaks your heart and you just, that propels you to do more. And so it's, it's as hard as it is, it pushes me forward. You know, the times when I don't think I can go on or I don't think I can do this or everything seems a little bit too hard. Or when you're on the road and you know you're tired, you're, you're a bit pissed off, you're a bit, you know, you have to think about why you're doing this. And that kind of propels you forward. Oh, it's really wonderful. And, you know, if you're helping just one child get out of a bad situation, if it's just one person, yeah, exactly. then if you've it's succeeded. If it's just one, you know, I'm, I'm happy because that one person will go on to two, three, four, you know. It's like a, it's like a domino effect. <laughs> yeah. You're, you are a fantastic role model. and Thank and you I, so much. You know, I, I think that's incredibly important to let you know. But um, I, I think you've touched on some really important points. I think the more that autism remains unexplained and if people only see it as an illness or by the deficits and the negatives, if the professionals don't change their language about it, then really it's going to leave everyone vulnerable. The families are vulnerable to be exploited uh, by people who... You know, there are these people that they say they can cure autism and they'll they'll take money from people and that kind of thing. And sadly, that's yeah, sadly yeah. And uh, I know there are some autistic yeah. advocates, even in the UK, it happens. And and there are some really brave autistic advocates that are tracking these people down and get trying to petition the government to get that they've they've had the law changed and that kind of thing. Yeah. But, yeah, and that really that really needs to happen on, on a, a bigger scale. Uh, and also picking up on your point that people don't grow out of it, you know, as you were saying, you know, even, even though there's, you know, uh, when uh, a mother and a father, they hear the diagnosis and they share it with their family, often the family aren't edu- educated about it, you know, it's everywhere, not, not just where you are, but everywhere. Um like they, they'll say, you know, people, oh, they'll grow out of it, you know, but but they don't, and so that's why every all the support over here is focused on on children, and but we're trying to make through our charity the the sort of plight of the the adults, mm-hmm. you know, bring that bring that into the forefront because um, well, you know, when you're growing up and you've had you learn all these things um, that you're different and hear all these negative things around autism, then you naturally tend to mask, you know, you hold everything in. And a lot of our behaviours are actually naturally, they, they're very good for, the, for our bodies and, and um, a lot of us have sensory differences and that kind of thing. And yeah. that's the way we regulate ourselves and we bring ourselves under control, you know, and, and we manage, we cope by doing that. 
and to hold all that in and kind of suppress that and try and try and fit in with people that are not autistic and um, that's just not sustainable you know um, and um, it's not it's really not good for mental health you know so um, that's why I think we see um, a, a large proportion of society where uh, people have mental breakdowns and that kind of thing and I think a lot of that can be avoided you know if there's uh, more a lot more first of all looking at women where uh, it's now happening in the UK where the, the professionals are sort of uh, finding different ways to diagnose because they've not looked at women before it was thought of a male, as a male um, a male only thing for years. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree with yeah. you more. I mean, like touching on exactly the um, the different ways autism presents in women and men. You know, mm. there is, as as you say, doctors are now seeing that there is a difference, and yet definitely, um, and that has to be done, as you say, with more positivity and more touching on our strengths, and with that. The narrative that it's okay because so often we hear about um, you know when people talk about autism and not just autism other disabilities it's all negative speech Absolutely. and that starts from in the hospital you know someone will tell a mother oh there's something wrong or there's a problem mm. or see it's always negative yes and that's where we have to change the their conversation yeah Absolutely. Um, and so I think Chris wanted me to mention um, there are some organisations, um, actually the British government has a thing called the British Council that will fund various uh, projects in Africa and that kind of thing. And I've, I've known of a few things that have been funded. It's to do with um, training in special needs and that kind of thing. From uh, So what, what they'll do is um, they might find a school in Africa and uh, they'll pair it with a, sc- a special school here in the UK. Okay, yeah. With a, like an autism school or something like that. And they'll, uh, I know that they funded with uh, my son's primary school. And uh, what they did, they um, had, they funded for the, the African teachers that came here. Um, and um, but the British teachers also went out there to help them train their staff and that kind of thing. Of course, now due to the pandemic, and I have more time to. Uh, so I think you know I want to uh, sponsorship is one of the big things we're, I'm yes. working on right now um, because I do uh, I do want to get walking again. You know, I want to get this project happening, um, and it's it's very not being able to do it. It's got me down a lot. You know, I. Uh, this is my baby. This is my passion. Absolutely. So, you know, when, yeah. you, when you're stuck, it just everything just kind of collapses, and it's not mm-hmm. good. But yeah. but if I'm if I might jump in there, Abby, I totally yeah. totally appreciate what you're saying, and it's extremely frustrating. But I would just sort of you know remind you that the impact that you're you've had, as you described it, in a sort of domino effect previously that would still be taking place, you know, that sort of cumulative increased impact that everything that you've done previously. So, you know, that's still there and and happening firstly. And secondly, I think it's worth remembering that, you know, we're talking about it right now. You know, you're, you're, you're going to have many, many people hopefully listen to this, you know, and all it takes is one or two people who have, you know, an element of power in Kenya with some influence that can really, you know, change things. Listen to your story, be inspired by what you're saying, 
understand yeah, you're that. Right. Sorry, I, I, one of my big things is I don't give myself enough credits. I know about this, <laughs> so I, I'm always thinking I should be doing this now. I should be doing this now. But, but you're so right. We are doing something now. I may not be out there walking, but I'm doing something. So and and yeah, definitely you're right. Well, you're feeling like that. You're feeling like that because it's a testament to your passion and your your energy, your drive. Right, you want to get out there, and you're. you're it sounds like you're very much an action person, <laughs> and um, yeah, a creative person and an action person. That's that's just fantastic. But you know, it, you can you have and can create impact. You know, in 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 indirect ways as a consequence to the work that you've done and um, hopefully as I said you know if anyone is listening who does have any influence in Kenya and can or or elsewhere even I do have a go get funding page which I've set up as a you know sponsor a kilometer I can pass that on maybe you can put it on the link absolutely underneath this or whatever and my website of course if people are interested Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we can definitely do that. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. I'd also like to ask you about the educational provision in Kenya. Um, what's what's that like? Um, I'm sure many listeners will be interested. I mean, what what's the usual or, or the predominant kind of situation? I mean, if if in particular, I suppose it's going to vary, isn't it, from urban to rural quite significantly. But if you are living, let's say, in an urban environment, what what might a parent, what kind of journey might a parent expect to Um, go on? uh, Well, sadly, much of the education, um, it depends on your income. You know, if you can afford it, if you can't afford it. um, So, of course, for people who can afford it, um, it is, you know, there are services, there are therapists, um, there are speech therapists, there are various therapists, um, and sadly there's not too much um, in terms of the rule, and if there are, you know, many families in Kenya cannot afford to access so much of these services, sadly. I, that's something I'm hoping will change and will improve, and if I could do something to help improve that, I will. What about state-based support? Is there any anything on that on that side? Sadly, we don't have um, no nothing state-based, and it is very hard for for the you know families who want want to do um, want to help their children but can't access it. Yeah, that's something I'd like to work on. Yeah, that's that's a shame, isn't it? Because if it's just private based then you know there's always that fear that businesses are going to sort of take advantage of people and, and, and the whole thing is going to be about making money and business making as opposed to and business yeah and, yeah um yeah it is it's very sad and although things are changing and you know i'm in a and um i'm in a group for kenyan mothers with autistic children and worse well, mothers and fathers but it's and, you know, that's the community we were talking about before. They have a community there and they learn from each other and links and, you know, which is good. But, you know, that's that's only for people who can access the online, yeah. So it really sounds like there's a lot of 
um, improvement that needs to be made in terms of uh, legislation and and on the political side, right? In terms of definitely, yeah, definitely. yeah. I mean, there I needs. Mean, mm, go ahead. There's a lot of, um, of course, there's some laws on paper, but too often these laws are not fully implemented. Yeah, yeah. Or people don't understand them, and yeah, it's or cannot access them, or you know. Uh, yeah, like, but there is a long way to go still. It isn't, I think the point, it's a really important point that you're making, that it's not just the laws that need to be put in place alone, but also the political will to back them and it's push for their implementation. And that's it. Yeah, the political will. Mm. And it's, it's sadly lacking here. We have a long way to go. I could go on forever about that. Yeah, so, Abby, we just wanted to ask um, what are your next goals uh, and aspirations for improving you've mentioned autism acceptance and maybe reducing stigma in Kenya or elsewhere yeah so, um, so the next work I have planned which I'm working currently um, is going to be five months and 2,000 kilometers wow um <laughs> It gets crazier and crazier. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so, so yeah, that's from North North Kenya to the South and return journey back, and that's that's what I'm currently working on. And I did because I've been working on it for a while. So I wanted this year to be the year, but COVID had other plans. So. <laughs> So I'm hoping I can get things done for next year. I mean, I, that's that's my hope. So, so in the long term, I'd like to take this across the continent, you know, because autism, you know, it has no barriers. It doesn't, you know, it exists everywhere. And also, I want to see Africa. You know, I, I live on, on such a stun, in such a stunning part of the world. I want to see more of it as not a tourist, but as, you know, as a person of the continent, you know. Wonderful, um, wonderful. And walking is the best way to see a place. And through my previous walks, I've met some amazing people, had some incredible conversations, and I've always loved traveling. Traveling is my big thing. And and I, I want to see more of Africa because it is such a we get such a bad rep you know people hear Africa but you just hear the negatives the poverty the war the hunger the, but there's so much more and that's what excites me I want to see more of that so yeah in, in the long term taking the project across Africa amazing I, I wish you all the very very best with it Abby Thank I'm you sure. So much. I'm sure you're going to do you. it all and and continue to have <laughs> an impact. So. Yeah, no, I'm sure you will. Please stay in touch with us. You're such a fantastic role model. Oh, thank you. And no, I'd you love can... to stay in touch. That would be amazing. Brilliant. Thank you so much for educating me about so many different things. You know, the whole Kenyan context. You know, some of the key issues and the work that you do and everything else. It's been really wonderful and fascinating to oh, listen to. it's been amazing. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm glad that you um, actually want... Because um, I've, I've approached quite a few different autism 
um, autistic run places and not many have got back and you guys did so I'm thankful for that uh, you're welcome thanks for reaching out to us I'm very surprised you didn't get more uh, contact because I mean <laughs> the work you're doing is is clearly impactful and unique and inspiring uh, and I've certainly enjoyed listening to it so all the best um, well, stay safe as well the chat and you too stay safe and hopefully this um, this all this will be over soon yeah absolutely yeah. life <laughs> and uh, thank you and stay safe from me as well and uh, I hope to, hope to learn um, next year that you've succeeded in your journey and you you know <laughs> you've got that much further you know that would make my day <laughs> perhaps perhaps we'll have a part two podcast to hear yes, about your up, update definitely <laughs> definitely all right, well, we'll leave, we'll leave it there then. Thank you so much again, Abby, awesome. and all the best, and oh, take thank care. Thank you. Thank you, Chris and James. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Okay. Take, take care. Bye-bye. Take bye. care. Thank you. Bye.